Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last week we started kind of a sermon series. I didn't know it was going to be a sermon series. We just didn't get very far into it of uh, how to get motivated. You know, because I... I, I I go through this, not just y'all, I go through this. You know, there's times that you just get on fire and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading my Bible, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to get up early, and, and you just get on fire for God, and then as time goes on, it just kind of, uh, you know, if you don't keep adding logs to that fire, you, you just kind of end up burning out, and so... I, I never look out there and say, well, let's see what I can preach at y'all about. I, I, most of the sermons that I go through, y'all come up to me every, every week and say, were, were you watching me this week? Because everything that you said is what I'm going through. It's not just you. I don't preach at y'all. I pass on what God is talking to me about. Because it is easy. It's easy to get caught up in this or that or this or that. But we're trying to get motivated again to be who God wants us to be and to do the things that He has called us to do. Um, in John chapter 21, it's basically, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. You can go back on SaveTheCowboy.com, click on Watch Live. That will take you to our live stream page where you can go back and watch last week's. If you missed it, or we have a podcast, or, or many, many ways of catching up. But in John chapter 21, there's a story where, where, the, the, where you know, Jesus has, has, has been crucified on the cross. He's been raised from the dead, and the disciples are not out there spreading the good news. What are they doing? They're doing the exact same thing they did before they even met Jesus. They were fishing. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with fishing, but, but they're out there and they're doing something and I, they're having not any luck whatsoever. They've been out there all night long. They're out there fishing and, you know, there's seven of the 12 are out there. And so they're out there fishing and, and this, they're about 100 yards offshore and this fella calls to them from the shore and he goes, Hey, y'all had any luck, fellas? I said, no. He said, lower your nets down on the right side. So they did. And all of a sudden, they were catching all this fish. Well, John, who wrote this book, recognized that this has happened before. So he goes, it's the Lord. Now, Peter, Peter's been having a real hard time because in one second before Jesus was, was crucified, he said, I will die for you. And Jesus says, before the cock crows... You'll have denied me three times. You're not going to die for me. You're going to deny me. And so Peter is feeling pretty sorry, okay? But he's already seen the Lord. The Lord is kind of nice to him. He didn't get on to him. He didn't, you know, send him away or anything. But Peter's still been feeling guilty about this. And when he hears that it's Jesus, he's like, enough is enough. He dives out of the boat and swims 100 yards to shore. In his underclothes. He didn't care. He wanted to get to Jesus. So anyway, the, the rest of the disciples, they come in the boat. They have to have help getting all that. And what is Jesus doing on the shore? He's cooking them breakfast. Now, I, I personally never had fish for breakfast, but I reckon in that. I have had beef, and we're in, they're in the fishing industry. We're in a cattle industry, so I guess there's a correlation there. But it's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely the same thing. And so anyway, last week we talked about if you wanted to get motivated again, you got to do what 
Peter did. He didn't care about the 100 yards of swimming. He didn't care what he looked like, that he was going to jump out of a boat in his underwear. He wanted to get to Jesus. And that's what we talked about last week was if you want to get motivated again, you've got to focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. Quit, quit looking out here at all this stuff and this stuff. Just get your focus on him. I ended the story that I began last week. I had been working on this ranch for, for quite a while, and the, the honeymoon was over. I mean, what was cool in the beginning to get up at, you know, 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning and go over to the bunkhouse and eat avocado, uh, fresh avocados in a tortilla, uh, that had kind of worn off. And so I was riding this horse named Conejo, and I'm, I'm loping along, I'm exercising him, I'm riding him out in the pasture, I'm all by myself, I'm just doing my job, but my mind is a thousand miles from where it should have been. So I'm loping along, and, and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, you know what, man, this is, I, I wonder what my, what, what my buddies are doing that I went to college with, because I left college to go work on this ranch. And I was like, yeah, they're probably still asleep. You know, here it is, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, and I've been horseback for an hour, and most of them guys, ain't, they ain't even out of bed yet. And so I, I just kind of started that complaining and that grumbling, and I wish I would have been paying attention. Because out of the corner of my eye, while I was a million miles away, I felt my horse's front feet disappear. And I saw his head disappear also. He had stepped in a badger hole. And we were at a, not, not just one of those slow lopes, but we, you know, we wasn't running or anything. But we was at a pretty good clip out here across this pasture. Steps in a gopher hole, and, and I just, I, the the... Really, the only thing I remember is just kind of picking my feet up because I didn't want to be in the stirrups when the inevitable happened. And so I lifted my feet and I just turned to the side just a little bit because what I didn't want was that saddle horn. That's, I, I wasn't scared of the horse's weight. I was scared of the saddle horn. And so I kind of moved over to the side and then I hit. And you know what scorpion is? It, 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 my son's a, he likes to skateboard and I know Coy knows what it is. It's when you land on your face and your feet come up like this. Well, that's basically what I did. I hit the ground and this horse comes over and I remember I just like, oh, this is going to hurt. And I was over to the side and all of a sudden that horse fell right on me. And they kind of stay there for a second, you know. They don't just do like this little somersault and then come back up most of the time. They kind of fall on you and then they waller all over you like a turtle on its back. And then they get up and you hope, or at least I was hoping, I was over here, I was hoping that he would go that way to get up. And so, and, and that's exactly what happened. But luckily, after getting bucked off so many times in my life, I had learned one valuable lesson. Don't let go of the reins, because <laughs> we was a long way from home. And I remember that I was still laying there, mashed into the South Texas dirt, holding my horse that was standing there looking at me like, you gonna get up? If you have run out of motivation, because I guarantee you the last thing I wanted to do, I was sitting there, I was grumbling, I was complaining about, about how unfair my life was, even though this is what I wanted to do, you, you just get into those deals. And, and I had zero motivation to get back on that horse. As a matter of fact, I would have been really cool with just throwing the rain over and sending him back on his own. I'm just going to stay out here. I'm mad. You ever had one of those pity parties? I don't like this. But here's the deal. The second part, I told you last week, if you wanted to get motivated again, it, it starts with getting focused on Jesus, okay? 
It's really not focusing on just reading your Bible. It's not just focused on, on going to church. It's not just focused on prayer. All of those things are the result of focusing on Jesus. And the second thing is this right here. After Peter gets to the shore, they're sitting there talking, they're eating, and Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Hey, Peter, you love me? Peter grins. He's like, I mean, out of everybody to talk to, man, Jesus is talking to him. He said, Peter, do you love me? He goes, yeah, Lord, I do. He said, then feed my sheep. Doesn't say if Peter answered, but it does say that Jesus immediately said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, I, I, I do. I do. He said, then feed my sheep. And he says, Peter, do you really, really love me? Peter starts getting a little frustrated. And he says, Lord, you know everything. So you know that I love you. So basically, why do you keep asking me this? And he said, feed my sheep and follow me. If you want to get motivated again, see, Jesus keeps asking, what was Peter doing? He was out fishing. He had gone back to the way he was before he even knew Jesus. I mean, he just, he said, okay, man, as long as Jesus was around and we were on fire, I was doing what God wanted me to do. But when I can't feel God anymore, when I can't see God anymore, when I can't hear God anymore, then I'm going to go right back to the way I was before. Maybe I'm a little better. Maybe I don't do some of the things I used to do, but I just go back to the life that I had before. If you want to get motivated again, if you want to try to get back to that fire that you had at one point in your life. Or maybe, maybe you're just beginning your walk and, and you've heard about this experience. The, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to focus on Jesus. But the second thing that you've got to do, if you want to be motivated, again, Jesus isn't a part-time Savior, so we can't be part-time followers. That make sense? Jesus asked Peter three times the same question. Do you love me, Peter? And Peter says, yes. And Jesus said, feed my sheep three times. He's saying, I don't really want you out there fishing. There's nothing wrong with fishing. But I, I spent three years telling you what to do. And I expected you to do it even whenever I wasn't around. Get back to doing what I have called you to do. If you want to get motivated again, quit being a part-time follower and become a full-time hand for Jesus. Well, how do we do that? I mean, honestly, because as I was sitting here, I knew that that's what God wanted me to say. And I started out and I was like, read your Bible. And I was like, you know what? I know, I know people that's read that entire Bible that don't follow Jesus. Reading the Bible is not going to make you a follower of Christ. And then I thought, well, well, go to church. Well, I know people that's been to church their entire lives that certainly don't follow Jesus. So what can, what can we break down to say, you know what, I used to be a part-time follower of Jesus, but I want to come a full-time hand. How can we start that off? Now, now the three things that I've come up with, I, I'm not saying that this is the all-in, end-all, there's no other way. It's just three things that I tried to come up with that would help all of us, not just you, help me also get motivated again. The very first thing is get off your butt, okay? Get off your butt. What do I mean by that? Quit making excuses of why you are not giving to and serving others. See, a lot of people say, well, I would go cut wood with Jasmine and Aaron 
and volunteer in that way, but, but, I'm, but I've been working all week and, I, and I'm, I'm busy. Or, you know, I, I, I would go to uh, one of these Bible studies that these individuals are doing, but man, after a long day uh, of work, you know, I, I'm tired. There's all these buts that we just throw out and throw out. And every time you use a but, you are saying, I would rather be a part-time follower than a full-time hand of Jesus. I would do what Jesus is asking me to do, but I can't afford it. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I went through that when we came up here. I knew good and well that Jesus was calling us to Colorado, that, that he was calling me at my word. He said, when you said that you would be who I told you to be, that you'd say who, what I wanted you to say, that you would do what you wanted me, what I wanted you to do, and whatever other one I left out right there, I didn't keep track of them. He said, do you, did you really mean that? And I said, yes. He said, then go to Colorado. But I can't afford it. I mean, I, I've got these two full-time jobs here that pay 90% of my salary. I'm making over 100 grand a year. And if I move to Colorado and I quit those, how am I going to support my family? How am I going to pay for my house? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't afford. He said, depend on me. So it's not just y'all. I mean, I, I, I've been right there too, not very long ago, but I can't afford it. If you want to be a full-time follower of Christ, you have to get off your butts. You've got to leave those butts behind. I would volunteer, but I work a lot and I'm tired. I would do what Jesus is asking me to do, but I can't afford it. I would give like Jesus tells me to, but let's see what I have left after everything else is done. Been there. Absolutely been there. We have anything that you use, I would do this, but, man, you've got to quit that. I have to quit that. I am just as guilty as everybody else. There's times that, that so-and-so will call or I'll get an email or I'll run into somebody and they ask me for something and I'm like, man, I, I've been doing this all week long. You know, God, I bet you wouldn't mind if I took a break right now. Uh-uh, it ain't like that. The second thing, if, I mean, if you want to get motivated again, the very first thing that you have to do is you have to start focusing on Jesus. The second thing you have to do is quit being a part-time follower to a full-time Savior. First thing is get off your butt if you want to be a full-time hand. The second thing that you need to learn to do, that we need to learn to do, that forget, y'all, what I need to learn to do, this one's hard, okay? They, they progressively get worse, I'm just telling you. Learn to be a quitcher. You know what a quitcher is? You got it. Quit your belly aching. We got to learn to be, uh, quit your belly aching, practice being positive and thankful for everything. You can't be thankful if you're complaining about it. Now, I heard, uh, I heard Shane Goss, or I saw him post on Facebook one day. He goes, my pet peeve is people that complain about the moisture. Well, uh, you know what? I, I, can't, I can't seem to blame him for that. But, and, and I posted yesterday because I've really been working on this. I'm not just coming up with things that I want y'all to do. I'm working on this too. And... I hate trying to not complain. That, 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 that's me right there. I mean, and, and I, I don't really view myself as a negative person. But when you really start focusing on, on watching what you say, I mean, my, my wife is holding me accountable because she likes that. And um, I said something yesterday and she's like, no complaining. I hate not complaining. Quit your belly aching. I mean, seriously, most of us, I don't mean to be negative, but it has just become ingrained in us to just 
bellyache about this and about that and about this and about that and about this. And we just walk around and, well, it's not raining enough. I can't believe the crick is up. I said, crick, did you hear that? <laughs> I get tired of being made fun of, so. I did, I'll, I'll, Ty, I'm going to have to say, I've, this is an aside. Y'all put your bookmark in right there. I saw this picture on Facebook or in Billings, Montana, a bull got out and there was a guy on a four-wheeler driving and there was a cowboy on the back with a rope. I thought they had horses in Montana to gather. I, I didn't know. I don't know. That's just something I saw. I was, I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed in that. Quit your belly aching. Quit your belly aching. And, and the second quitcher that we need to be is, is right along with it. Quit your griping. I mean, you know, belly aching is usually, you know, wh what affects us, you know? I mean, when we belly ache, I don't like this, I don't like that. And it's usually kind of an inward thing. But when I say quit your griping, that's that outside stuff. Well, I don't like what she wore. I don't like what he said. I can't believe he wears his hat like that. I can't believe, you know, nah, 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 quit your griping. I'm serious. It's an epidemic in today's society, and, and I am ground zero for the epidemic. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not telling you anything that I haven't gone through. But we need to quit bellyaching about everything. Quit being so negative. The third thing, I told you these things get harder, okay? This is one word. Quit your feeling sorry for yourselfer, okay? I'm not, yeah, hashtag. Quit your feeling sorry for yourselfer. Seriously. A lot of people are prideful, me being the very top. I am not a prideful person in the sense that I think that I'm better than anybody else. This is hard to say. I get my feelings hurt very easily, especially by stupid church people. Just saying it. I have given my life to spreading God's word, and it hurts my feelings when somebody comes up, and, well, you know what, you're not doing right? And I just get my butt hurt, you know? I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can, you know? And, and so, but I'm not criticizing church people. I'm criticizing myself because you know what the only thing that can be offended is? My pride. That's it. If you get offended, you're not offended. Your pride is offended. And if you are one of these people that get offended real easy, man, you got to rein that pride in. And I know. And my pride... I thought it was just like this little old pinky thing. Nah, it's like the size of an elephant. And trying to move that pride out of the way is hard. But we got to quit feeling sorry for ourselves all the time. Well, what is he gonna do? And just moaning and complaining all the time. We got to get off our butts. Quit making excuses for not doing what God told you to do. Quit making excuses for not saying what God wanted you to say. Quit making excuses for not being who God wanted you to be. Quit making excuses for not going where God wanted you to go. And learn to be a quitter. Quit your belly aching, quit your griping, and quit your feeling sorry for yourself. I am actually, I just started this week. I'm doing another simplified cowboy version. We've already done Romans. We've already done Matthew, and we've already done Proverbs. And I started on James. If you've ever read the book of James, I hate that fella. I can't stand him. He was talking right to me. I didn't get past James chapter 1, verse 2, for I was highly offended. Listen to this. This is in Simplified Cowboy Version. You can read it in your real Bibles here. Listen up, cowboys. Don't sweat it when you go through the rough and rank patches of life. Shoot, you ought to be glad you go through them because it's these things that will sure enough make a man out of you. <whistles> let, let, let me read that one more time. 
just in case it didn't kick you squarely in the back pockets. Let's do it again. Listen up, cowboys. Don't sweat it when you go through the rough and rank patches of life. Shoot, you ought to be glad you go through them because of these things. It's the, because of these things that it'll sure enough make a man out of you. James 1, 2. And the third thing in this little section besides get off your butt, learn to be a quitter. And the third thing is this. Drop the hula hoop. Okay? Just drop the hula hoop. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is in this world, we have to quit living like everybody else does. And the best illustration, I mean, you've heard the snake eating its tail. You know, it's just a continuous loop. And I picture most of this world, and I'm not talking about Christians, but Christians are just as guilty of it as anybody. But we just sit there and hula hoop because we go out and we buy stuff that we can't afford. And then we complain because we don't make enough money because we bought something that we couldn't afford. So we either job jump or we start doing other things. We have to get a second job to pay for the stuff that now we don't even like that thing anymore that we bought. And it's just this vicious cycle that we can't do anything with our families because we have three jobs to pay for the house that we can't afford because we wanted to buy 40 acres in a four-bedroom house with the horse barn and the... And the uh, indoor arena on it because we were going to do stuff and there ain't been a horse in there in three years. Okay? If you can't afford it, don't buy it. Sell that truck that you can't afford and buy the one that you can pay cash with. How about get rid of that property that you thought you were going to do a bunch of stuff with but never did? Why do I say this? Hula hoopers walk through life in circles. They get a job so they can spend every penny on stuff they don't need. Then they become miserable and have to get a better job or work more hours to pay the stuff that they don't even like or need anymore. But they go buy something else in the meantime to make themselves feel better. That's the American dream, isn't it? Get into debt up to your eyebrows and then be miserable. Let's live that American dream. Had breakfast the other day with George and Vonda and they were just like... I think George said it. He said, I'm ready to get back to where there's not so much stuff. I think he's got a point. You want to go from part-time follower of Jesus to a full-time hand? Still in James chapter 1. James is that fellow that I hate his guts, just in case you missed it that first time. James chapter 1, verse 27. I think this is probably Jenny and Christie's favorite verse ever. If you want to follow the true and perfect trail, this is what the boss says to do. Care for kids without mamas or daddies and look out for widows that are having a hard time and don't live like those no-account counterfeits that do what everyone else is doing. Bam. Hashtag bam. I mean, the, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a nice truck. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a horse property. But if you are so busy trying to pay for that and, and, and be miserable so that you can have that, that you don't even have time for God, that, that you're a full-time earner and part-time follower, maybe you need to switch that and get rid of those obstacles that are in the way. Most people see the hard road. I see the narrow trail to becoming everything God wants me to be. That's what we're trying to talk about. The second thing is this, or the third thing. I'm going to go ahead and finish up this series. So Jesus is talking, and we've just got a few minutes, this last one, there's only this much. Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, feed my sheep. Or do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. And then follow me. For one day, somebody will lead you and clothe you the way that you do not want to go. And what he was referring to was he was telling Peter, 
that he would end up giving his life, just like he said in the beginning, and he was going to be crucified. Now, Peter is making up with Jesus. He is feeling better. He's right there. He's answered it. Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus says, you're going to be so great that you're going to be able to die like I died for your faith, for me, Peter. And what does Peter do? <laughs> he looks over at John and says, well, what about him? I cannot wait to meet Peter. I cannot wait to meet Peter. He's probably going to get on to me for making such fun of him. What can we learn from that? The third and final thing. Okay, if you want to get motivated again, you want to get back on fire, you want to throw a log on that fire, get focused on Jesus. Don't be a part-time follower of a full-time Savior. And the third thing is, quit worrying about what everyone else is doing. Okay, your ride with Christ has absolutely nothing to do with what anyone does, says, or gets to do. Jesus sums this up in John 21, 22, when he asks Peter, when Peter says, well, what about him? I love Jesus. He says, what's it to you? That's what he said. What's it to you? Now, see, if I would have been Peter, my old pride would have got offended right then. I'd be like, well, I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I hate? Just saying. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. I will karate throat punch you in Jesus' name. I hate just saying. And I'm sure that that's what Peter, you know, Peter says, what about him? He says, what's it to you? I'm just saying. That's a grown-up version of going, I can say whatever I want to say, but you can't say nothing back. <laughs> no backs. That wasn't in the notes either. Jesus sums this up in John 21, 22 when he asks, what's it to you? Honestly, what, what, what does it matter what I call John to do, Peter? I'm telling you what to do. Jesus is going to take you on a unique adventure. Just you and him. If you want to be a full-time hand, he is going to take you on an adventure that is going to be so drastically different than everybody else in this room that you're going to sometimes feel like you're all alone, and that's what it's supposed to be like because it's like that hoof prints, or the footprints. I, I say hoof prints. It's like that, that hoof prints deal where it's just you and God. That's the way it's supposed to be. Most people are not going to understand what Jesus is asking you to do. But too often, don't we do this? You think I should be doing this? Did God tell you to do it? Yeah, but I ain't sure. <laughs> do it then. Well, so-and-so said that might not be a good idea. They're not going to. Jesus didn't call them to that. Then they say, well, I don't know how to do that. You think I know how to start a church? Well, I don't even start churches. I just come up here and say some silly stuff and, you know, and then teach a biblical lesson from my stupidity. And it's worked out pretty well. I must be really stupid. Jesus is going to take you on a unique adventure, just you and him. Most people are not going to understand it. So don't worry about what they say. That's what I'm trying to say. Quit worrying about what everybody else says, does, or gets to do, or doesn't get to do, or gets to have, or doesn't get to have, or whatever. You just focus on Jesus and what he's telling you to do. You probably won't have the finances to do it either. But he'll ask you to depend on him and do it anyway. Think about that. Man, if you're not dependent on God, you are missing out on such a blessing. If you are de totally dependent upon what you are capable of and what your company or your employer or that means shut up. You probably won't have the finances to do it, but do it anyway. So I'm going to shut up. Jesus is going to take you on a unique adventure. People aren't going to understand. Don't worry about that. You're not going to know how to do what he probably asked you to do. Do it anyway. Don't worry about what other people think about it. 
and you're not going to have the finances to do it, and you're going to have people that tell you that you're not going to have the finances to do it. Ask my wife. I tell her that all the time. She hates me for it. Sorry, honey. Have you lost your motivation? Were you once fired up about Jesus, but now your Christianity is more an ordinary habit instead of an adventurous life? I want every... You know what would happen if every single one of the people that are hearing my voice right now, if you got on fire for God again... I ain't talking about being some stupid religious person. I'm talking about an on-fire, full-time follower of Jesus Christ. You know what would happen to Elbert County? You know what would happen to Big Piney, Wyoming? You know what would happen to Delta, Colorado, or Saskatchewan, Canada? I'm really surprised I was able to say that. I think I pulled my tongue. If we can all become full-time followers of Jesus Christ... You know that we got the Discovery Channel deal coming up, and they're gonna, they were supposed to meet Thursday. They postponed it. They're going to meet next week. You know what I said? I got a little question from the writer. I said, hey, will you answer these few questions? And I answered them. And at the very end, I said, we're going to change the world. But we're not going to change the world until we change our hearts. We're not going to change our hearts until we change our lives. Change the way we do. Get on board with Jesus. Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But those who will lose their life for my sake shall find it. You want to find the life that you've always dreamed of? It's as simple as this. Follow Jesus Christ full-time. Don't be a part-time follower of a full-time Savior. And quit worrying about what everyone else does, says, gets to do, gets to be, gets to go, whatever. We're in this together. I've got y'all. Y'all have got me. And it doesn't matter if you live in, in uh, Kiowa, Colorado, Elbert, Elizabeth, Parker, Denver, or Guatemala. We are all here. We are all on the same team. And I know I can count on y'all and y'all can count on me. Let's all become full-time followers of Jesus Christ.